This sound file contains the spoken version of a Wikipedia article on Song of Innocence, recorded by user Pilot Dog. The material recorded is current as of the 2nd of January, 2015. Song of Innocence from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia at en.wikipedia.org. Song of Innocence is the debut album of American composer and producer David Axelrod, released in October 1968 by Capitol Records. Axelrod sought to capitalize on the experimental climate of popular music at the time and composed the album as a sweet-like tone poem based on Song of Innocence, a 1789 illustrated collection of poems by William Blake. It was recorded at Capitol Studios in Los Angeles with an orchestra and studio musicians, including keyboardist and conductor Don Randy, guitarist Al Casey, bassist Carol Ray, and drummer Earl Palmer. Song of Innocence is an instrumental jazz fusion album that incorporates elements of classical, rock, funk, pop, and theater music. It is arranged for bass, drums, and string instruments, and is written in the rock idiom, with tempos centered on rock-based patterns by Palmer. Axelrod uses contrast in his orchestral compositions and interspersed the album's euphoric, psychedelic R&B form with dramatic, harrowing arrangements to reflect the supernatural themes found in Blake's poems. The music's reverent, psychedelic overtones evoke their themes of innocence and spirituality. Although it was innovative for its application of rock and jazz techniques, Song of Innocence was not commercially successful and confounded contemporary music critics, who viewed it as an ambitious curiosity piece. In the 1990s, critics reassessed the album and regarded it as a classic, while leading disc jockeys in hip-hop and electronica rediscovered and sampled the album's music. Holy Thursday, the album's best-known song, was frequently sampled by hip-hop producers. The renewed interest in Axelrod's work prompted stateside records to reissue Song of Innocence in 2000. Contents 1. Background 2. Recording 3. Composition. 4. Release and Reception. 5. Legacy. 5.1. Sampling. 6. Track Listing. 7. Personnel. 8. Release History. 9. See Also. 10. References. 11. Bibliography. 12. Further Reading. 13. External Links. Section 1. Background. An image accompanied this section of the article with the caption, The album was inspired by Song of Innocence, an illustrated collection of poems by William Blake. In 1968, David Axelrod gained national fame for his controversial mass composition Mass in F minor, which he wrote in a contemporary rock vein for The Electric Prunes. Axelrod, who was challenged by what he described as a new breed of record buyer, who was more sophisticated in his thinking, was one of several Los Angeles-based musical eccentrics during the late 1960s who expanded on the mid-1960s studio experiments of Brian Wilson and George Martin. After his success with the Electric Prunes, he was asked to record a similar album by Capitol Records, for whom he worked as a staff producer and songwriter. Axelrod wanted to further capitalize on the experimental climate of popular music at the time and chose to adapt works by English poet William Blake on an album. At the time, Blake musical settings were at the height of their popularity among musicians and composers. Numerous serious music composers had set his poems to music since the 1870s, and the practice was eventually adapted in other musical fields during the 20th century, including popular music, musical theater, and the 1960s folk idiom. 
Axelrod, a self-professed Blake freak, had been fascinated by Blake's painting and poetry since his late teens and frequently read the poems as an adult. He conceived Song of Innocence after he had bought an edition of Blake's complete poetry while working in Capitol's art department and considered the concept for a few years before Mass in F minor. Axelrod was not sociable with colleagues such as reputed executives who could have helped him professionally and felt that he could identify with Blake. He considered the poet very bad at making new friends. Section 2. Recording Axelrod composed Song of Innocence in one week and began recording in mid-1968. Axelrod recorded the album at Capitol Studios in Los Angeles and enlisted his close-knit group of veteran studio musicians, including keyboardist and conductor Don Randy, guitarist Al Casey, bassist Carol Kay, and drummer Earl Palmer. He had worked with them when producing sessions for other recording artists. Axelrod also worked with violinist Harry Bluestone. Axelrod did not play any instruments on the album. He instead wrote arrangements for his orchestra and utilized 33 players to perform his notated charts. He had learned how to read and orchestrate complex music charts from jazz musicians during the 1950s. Randy conducted the orchestra and played both piano and organ on the album. Axelrod preferred listening to a session from a recording booth like his contemporary Igor Stravinsky and explained in an interview for the Los Angeles Times, That way the sounds don't seem to get all over the place. Music seems so small in a studio. Axelrod originally wanted some of the album's compositions to feature a full-scale choir, but was uncertain if he could find the appropriate ensemble. As a result, he recorded an entirely instrumental album and included one Blake setting for each section of the score. Section 3. Composition An audio sample accompanied this section of the article titled Holy Thursday with the caption, A Jazz Boogaloo with Classical Overtones, the song mixes jazzy piano, smooth tremolos, and a soaring chorus played by the string and horn sections. A jazz fusion album, Song of Innocence, fuses jazz elements with impressionistic musical figures and hard rock guitar solos. Its music also incorporates funk, rock, theater, and pop styles. Music journalists categorize the album as jazz rock, baroque pop, and psychedelic R&B. John Murph of Jazz Times magazine found it more art pop than jazz. Axelrod, who had produced bebop albums before working for Capitol, asserted that jazz played a crucial role in the music. For years, all I did was jazz. When I first got into the record business, I was so into jazz that I had never heard Elvis Presley. I still probably listen to jazz more than anything else. The album is a tone poem suite, based on Blake's illustrated 1789 collection, Songs of Innocence. The songs borrow titles from Blake's poems which dealt with themes such as visions, religious iniquity, rites of passage, and life experience after a person's birth and innocence. Mary Campbell of the Baltimore Sun felt that the elements of classical and Christian church music on the album make it sound reverent as if describing a biblical story. Les Inrocutibles described it as a psycholiturgical work dedicated to Blake. All Music's Tom Jurek wrote that Axelrod's psychedelia is implied in the musical form and feeling which drive him to celebrate the wilderness and folly of youth with celebration and verve. All Music's Tom Jurek wrote that Axelrod's psychedelia is implied in the musical form and feeling which drive him to celebrate the wildness and folly of youth with celebration and verve. The album is arranged for bass, drums, and strings and is written in the rock idiom. As a composer, Axelrod eschewed the conventional unison approach to orchestral writing and developed more contrasts, while centering his tempos around rock-based patterns played by Errol Palmer. Most of the drumming had a 4-4 time signature. Axelrod's instrumental ensemble is utilized as a rock orchestra. 
They play melodramatic strings which are tied to strong, echo-laden breakbeats. The music is also embellished with abundant electric piano, intricate raw bass lines, and echoplex effects. Axelrod used elements of surprise to reflect the supernatural themes found in Blake's poems. According to music journalist David N. Howard, the album's euphorically upbeat psychedelic R&B form is interspersed by dramatically sparse and harrowing arrangements. Song of Innocence uses key musical phrases that are expanded upon as the album progresses. Axelrod was interested in Jorgi Ligeti's 1961 piece, Atmospheres, and Lucas Foss's idea of starting a piece with a sustained chord, having musicians improvise over 100 bars, and ending with another chord as they finish. Eurizen opens the album with long, sustained chords, sound effects, reverb guitar stabs, and a supple bass line. On Holy Thursday, the rhythm section plays a slow, jazzed-out groove and bluesy pop piano lines as a big band vamp is played by a large-scale string section. In response to their swing style, the brass section and guitarists play dramatic, high-pitched overtones built into a complex melody. The middle of the album is typified by more traditional jazz passages in the presence of a psychedelic harpsichord. The smile has hyperactive drums, offbeat bass, and a progressive string part. The songs near the end steadily transition to heady psychedelia and abound in gritty guitars and disorienting organ licks. For the mental traveler, Axelrod said that he tried to experiment with atonality, but chickened out. Section 4. Release and Reception Song of Innocence was released in October 1968 by Capitol Records. It received radio exposure in both AM and FM stations with songs such as the title track and Holy Thursday, which became the album's best-known song. The album was not a commercial success and by October 1969 had only sold 75,000 copies. Song of Innocence confounded contemporary music critics who regarded it as an ambitious novelty. Billboard magazine called it an aesthetic mix of music and philosophy, chock full of mysticism, creativity, and change, and felt that Axelrod's idyllic music is interesting enough to impact the record chart. In his review for Gramophone magazine, Alastair Clare wrote that his impressions of Blake reveal a depth of imagination and skill warranting attention beyond the confines of popular music, proving that Axelrod can compose innovatively for large orchestra, which he felt comprised the best of California's studio musicians on... Songs of Innocence. However, Claire questioned whether the occasional guitar gobbling reflected Axelrod's genuine idea or an obligatory concession to contemporary sound on an otherwise compelling album. The magazine's Nigel Hunter said that its songs are of absorbing power and depth, and that only the electric guitar parts make them difficult to listen to at times. In a negative review of the album, Nat Friedland of Entertainment World criticized Axelrod for indulging himself here to little avail. Stereo Review Magazine's Paul Kresh panned Song of Innocence as a pretentious, inadequate album dependent on movie music tricks and outdated techniques such as forced climaxes and gaudy orchestration. Kresh asserted that it falls severely short of the concept Axelrod aspired to, only the most uneducated will be taken in by the mountains of mysterioso claptrap that surrounded these squeaking musical mice. Section 5. Legacy Song of Innocence was one of many concept albums recorded as rock music was developing in various directions during the late 1960s, following in the wake of the Beatles' 1967 album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It was innovative for its original application of both rock and jazz techniques. According to music journalist Zayed Mudhafar, the term jazz fusion was coined in a review of this album when it was released. 
Axelrod followed the album up in 1969 with the similarly Blake-inspired Songs of Experience, which adapted Gunther Schuller's third-stream concept of Baroque orchestrations and rock, pop, and R&B rhythms and melodies. Both albums established him as an unpredictable, challenging conceptual artist. His instrumental interpretations of Blake were the first in jazz and were followed by Raphael Agustin's Nuinosk in 1971, Adrian Mitchell's 1971 musical Tiger, a celebration of William Blake with composer Mike Westbrook, and Westbrook's subsequent Blake-inspired works including the Westbrook Blake, Bright as Fire, in 1980. During the late 1990s, Axelrod's albums were reassessed and considered innovative by critics, including Song of Innocence, which was regarded as a classic. NME magazine called it sky-kissingly high and divine and found Axelrod versatile enough to soar above his own pretensions. Mojo cited it as the heart of Axelrod's legacy. John Bush of All Music wrote that it sounded like nothing else from its era, and Tom Jurek said the music continues to sound new upon each listen due to the lack of cynicism and hipper-than-thou posturing. In a four-and-a-half-star review of the album, Jurek wrote that it was innovative in 1968 and still withstands the test of time better than the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album that allegedly inspired it. Tiny Mixtapes, which gave it a perfect score in a 1996 review, said that Song of Innocence sounds engagingly magnificent and diverse, and cited it as one of the most dynamic musical fusions and one of the most unique and thought-provoking musical efforts of the last several decades. Section 5.1. Sampling. An image accompanied this section of the article with the caption, The album's music has been sampled by producers such as DJ Shadow. Axelrod's music was rediscovered and sampled by leading disc jockeys in the 1990s, including hip-hop producers. When sampling in hip-hop peaked during the early and mid-1990s, they searched for archive records with atmospheric beats and strings to sample. Los Angeles-based disc jockey B-Plus recalled finding a copy of the album at a Goodwill in Culver City and said that it appealed to him because of its dissonant quality, musical dynamics, and string sound. This big sound, it was like somehow Axelrod was summoning the future, that you can project this environment, this moment, into the future. Electronica pioneers such as DJ Cam and DJ Shadow also sampled Song of Innocence. The latter producer sampled the album's choral themes and piano motifs on his influential debut album, Introducing, in 1996. The renewed interest in Axelrod's work prompted Stateside Records to reissue Song of Innocence in 2000. Upon its reissue, Now wrote that after sounding odd during the 1960s, the songs became a sampler's dream come true. Who knew? David Keenan of The Wire attributed Axelrod's sampling legacy with producers such as DJ Premier and DJ Shadow to Palmer, the original badass drummer who played on all of these tracks. He facetiously critiqued that the album's songs may reek of stale joss sticks and patchouli-scented self-actualization, but in their very datedness, they somehow sound very modern. Pitchfork Media's Sean Fennessy felt that Axelrod's first two albums are essential if only as a tour guide through the early 90s hip-hop, having literally been a rap producer's delight for years. The Smile was sampled by Pete Rock on his 1998 song Strange Fruit and by DJ Premier on Royce to 5'9's 2009 song Shake This. Holy Thursday was frequently sampled by producers, including the Beat Nuts on their 1994 song Hit Me With That, Uncle on their 1998 song Rabbit in Your Headlights and Swizz Beats on Lil Wayne's 2008 song Dr. Carter. 
In a 2013 list for Complex, DJ and production duo Khan and Amir named Holy Thursday the greatest hip-hop sample of all time. Section 6. Track Listing All songs written, arranged, and produced by David Axelrod. Side 1. Song 1. Urizen. 3 minutes, 56 seconds. Track 2. Holy Thursday. 5 minutes, 30 seconds. Track 3. The Smile. 3 minutes, 25 seconds. Track 4. A Dream. 2 minutes, 26 seconds. Side 2. Track 5. Song of Innocence. 4 minutes, 32 seconds. Track 6. Merlin's Prophecy. 2 minutes, 43 seconds. Track 7. The Mental Traveler. 4 minutes, 3 seconds. Section 7. Personnel. The credits are adapted from the album's liner notes. David Axelrod, arranger, producer, and vocals. Benjamin Barrett, musician. Arnold Belnick, musician. Harry Bluestone, violin. Bobby Bruce, musician. Al Casey, guitar. Gary Coleman, background vocals. Douglas Davis, musician. Alvin Dinkin, musician. Gene Estes, percussion. Anne Goodman, musician. Freddie Hill, trumpet. Bill Hinshaw, musician. Harry Hyams, musician. Carol Kay, bass. Raphael Kramer, musician. Richard Leith, trombone. Arthur Mabe, horn. Leonard Malarski, musician. Lou McCreary, horn. Ollie Mitchell, trumpet. Gareth Nuttycomb, musician. Rob Owen, on the reissue, did coordination in 2000. Earl Palmer, drums. Joe Polito, engineer. Don Range, conductor, organ, and piano. The Red Room, did artwork regeneration in 2000. Nigel Reeve did reissue coordination in near 2000. Alan DiRenzo, musician. Howard Roberts, guitar. Vincent DeRosa, horn. Nathan Ross, musician. Henry Roth, musician. Myron Sandler, musician. Harold Schneier, musician. Sid Sharp, musician. Jack Schulman, musician. Henry Sigismani, wind. Marshall Sausen, musician. Tony Turan, musician. Pete Wyant, musician. Tibor Zelig, musician. Section 8, Release History. In the regions of the United States, in October 1968, the album was released under Capitol Records as a stereo LP with catalog number ST2982. It was also released in the United Kingdom in 1968 under Capitol Records as a stereo LP under the same catalog number. In 1975, it was released in the United States under Capitol Records as a stereo LP reissue under catalog number ST11362. In the year 2000, it was released in the United Kingdom by Stateside Records and EMI as a CD reissue under catalog number 521588.
Section 9. First point. William Blake in Popular Culture. Sections 10 and 11 are references and bibliography. Please refer to the original Wikipedia entry. Section 12. Further reading. 1. Smith, R.J., from March 2001. Groovy again, from the Los Angeles Magazine. Section 13. External links. 1. Official website. 2. Song of Innocence at Discogs, which is a list of releases. 3. Song of Innocence at Who Sampled. This sound file and all text in the article are licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 Unported License, available at http colon double backslash creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by dash sa backslash 3.0.